God bless you. This is Pastor Abraham Langford, the senior pastor and founder of Jesus' Church International. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Supernatural Transformation. Jesus' Church is a non-denominational church with an international vision to evangelize, affirm, disciple, and send. We invite you to join us beginning Sunday, October 2nd at 11 a.m. at our new facility, the Dorchester Career and Technology Center, located at 2465 Cambridge Bypass in Cambridge, Maryland, on the campus of CSD High School. We trust that you will be encouraged and supernaturally transformed through hearing today's message. Today, from Pastor Abraham Lankford of Jesus Church, Cambridge. When you see the Word of God, he says, we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. In other words, we're not fighting against symptoms. There are root causes to everything you see. When people are living in violence and in anger, I heard a story, this is a true story, about a man. This woman had, 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 was coming home, and when she got to the house, I forget how um, they were related. They might have been neighbors or something, but she looks at the house, and this man's standing there, with an axe in his hand and blood was dripping off the axe. This is a true story. And he's in a rage and this look in his eyes and she, she, um, she, she got out as fast as she could. She went to a church and got elders from a church and they came, I think it was three, of them, three men, and they got to the house and they looked and he's standing out there with the axe and blood all over the axe and he confessed to killing his child and his wife. He was convicted admitted they didn't even know what to do with him he was like an animal full of rage people began to pray for him do you understand they began to pray and god's power reached this man they went there to see him and when they went in he was in his right mind they said what happened and he said last night jesus came to me and i accepted him he's my lord he's my savior he forgave me for everything he was ashamed of what he had done but he was delivered and set free. I think about the power of God to reach son of Sam, David Berkowitz. How many have ever heard the story of David Berkowitz? If you've never heard it, you've you've got to look it up. His story is so gross of how he grew up and and things that he had seen and he delved into pornography and it began with pornography and music and all these things started going into his mind and the man's in prison. Nobody would have ever thought what God would do with a David Berkowitz, but while he's in prison, Chuck Colson has a ministry. Chuck Colson's ministries came in there. They're preaching the gospel. Berkowitz He responds to Jesus Christ, gives his life to Jesus Christ. Now he's preaching the gospel the rest of his life sentence in prison, bringing hundreds to Jesus Christ with his powerful testimony. That's the power of God. That's the grace of God. There are no limits to his grace. When we look at people and we despise them for things they've done, God in his grace sees what they can become. He came to set Berkowitz free. He came to set that man free. He came to set Cambridge free. He came to set the drug dealers free. 
the broken mother, he came to set her free. People dealing with anxiety, he came to give them an abundant life. They don't, you don't have to live in stress. There's a revelation tonight. You don't have to live in fear. He's overcome our fears. You don't have to live in worry. You don't have to live in shame and in guilt and condemnation. All that was dealt with on the cross. When Jesus died, he took all that on him on the cross so we don't have to bear it anymore. And when Jesus said those three words, I believe it, it is finished. I believe that. How many believe it is finished? Amen? Y'all don't sound like you really believe it. I mean, if you believe it is finished, live in that freedom. Walk in that joy. There is no condemnation to those who are in Jesus Christ. No condemnation anymore. We are adopted sons and daughters of the most high God. And now he's placed his spirit. He made a home in us. And he says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You don't have to be overcome with addictions and habits. And even tonight you can be delivered because Jesus is a deliverer. I want to read this to you. Can a child of God be possessed by the devil? Because that's a question that has come up. I don't believe that a child of God can be possessed by the devil because he's possessed by the Holy Spirit. But I believe that a child of God can be oppressed I believe they can be afflicted. I believe they can be tormented. I believe a child of God um, can can be influenced by the devil, but I don't believe they can be possessed by the devil. I want you to look at this verse in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. It says, may the God of hope, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, somebody say spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want to focus on something. He points out three divisions within humanity. Number one is our spirit. The second one is our soul. And the third one is our body. I want to focus on this. When you were born again, your spirit was born again, but not your mind. Somebody ought to say amen on that right there. How many of you know your mind wasn't born again, but your spirit was born again? When the spirit of God's in you, he quickens you. He makes you alive. You just have to yield to him. This is very important um, that you understand this. So within humanity, there's the spirit, which is the inner man, and that is where God dwells. God dwells by his Holy Spirit within our spirit. Now, this is very important that we understand this. Because we're born again, and when we're born again, we're made new. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, this is the question I have, and I want to ask you tonight, and I want you to focus, and and just kind of right now, just really receive this in your spirit. If we are made new creations in Christ, amen? If we're made new creations in Christ, then why aren't people acting like it? Have you ever wondered that? Has it ever dawned on you that most people say, I'm a new creation in Christ? And you say, well, you're not acting like it. Is it because you're not born again? Well, there might be some people who profess it, but they don't really possess the Holy Spirit. But then there are genuine people who possess the Holy Spirit, and there are sometimes they don't act like it. Why is that? Do they need to be born again? Once you've been born again? No, this is where the spirit of God dwells. But this is very important. You have to understand there's a battlefield taking place right here between this mind and your spirit. 
The Bible says that. They're literally fighting against one another. Amen? So this is very important for us to understand. The enemy is always looking for an entry point. The enemy is always looking for an entry point. Why does he look for an entry point in your life? He wants to establish a territory in your life, which we call a command center or a stronghold. How many of you know what a stronghold is? How many of you ever had a stronghold in your mind? You couldn't break it. You needed deliverance. You needed power to break that stronghold. How many of you ever were, were dealing with depression and God set you free from depression? You've been set free from that? Amen. How many of you ever had oppression and you just couldn't get over it? You, how many of you lived in a chronic state of anxiety at one time, but God set you free? So he had a stronghold in you, right? And he set you free. Look, I was addicted to pornography. Thank God I'm not anymore. Man, I go crazy about the Lord because of that. That stuff was a lie. It had me in bondage. But I thank God he set me free. I'm not ashamed to say it. He set me free. I'm so thankful. There were so many other things that we all have dealt with. I've dealt with in my life. And, and, but God set me free. But there's strongholds. There's territory the enemy wants, and that's in your mind. Listen to this. The enemy can't have your spirit, so he goes after your mind. That's why the Bible says casting down imaginations, right? Casting down. The enemy, he goes after your mind. He's looking for a stronghold. He's looking for an entry point. He wants to establish a command center. You understand that? How does he get people so tormented where they can't even live life normally anymore? Do you know what I'm saying? And people start talking to themselves. What happens? What, what is that? Is that just somebody who's just psychotic? Is that somebody who just doesn't understand? Is that somebody who maybe they're just emotional? You know, we like to say a lot of things like that, but I think we miss what Jesus saw. You see, Jesus would walk up to somebody and they couldn't hear and he would say, come out, you deaf spirit. What did he mean by that? He meant that there was a spirit that was making that person deaf. Why would he say, you, you dumb spirit? He was saying that because there was a spirit that was literally keeping that person from being able to talk. You see, there are entry points in people's lives. And, and, and nobody knows, but there is demonic influences that can possess and oppress and, 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 and come upon people and influence them. And the Western church doesn't like to even address that. And I believe it. Probably it's because we're so heavily medicated here that we find places to put people in and get them away out of sight. And Jesus came to set them free. And I want to say that to you tonight. He still is the same deliverer tonight as he was 2,000 years ago, as he has been for all eternity. I'm not done. He attempts to establish, this is the enemy, a stronghold through various entry points. And I want to help you with something tonight. Rejection. You know, there are many people that were rejected as a young child, rejected in a marriage. And because of that, that was an entry point for anger, animosity, an offense, unforgiveness. And when you don't forgive, you've opened the door for Satan to come into your mind. And then if you don't say, 
Father, I forgive these people. Here's what happens. Listen closely. This is very important. He establishes a command center in your mind. Even a believer, their mind can be tormented and influenced by the enemy. Yet they can be a son and daughter of God. And they can be as righteous as the son of God through the record of Jesus Christ. We would say, they're not in the right mind. You better believe it. Because they've opened up doors to the enemy to influence their mind. This is very important. Unforgiveness. If there's somebody you've never forgiven, you've opened the door for Satan to come after you. If there's rejection and you've never received the revelation of the cross and you've never fully received and applied that he was rejected so you could be accepted, then you could be still dealing with the spirit of even rejection in your life. Spirit of oppression. The Bible doesn't call it an emotion of fear. He calls it the spirit of fear. How many of you ever had fear in your life, been dominated by fear? Fear of falling, fear of failure, fear of darkness, fear of loneliness, fear of whatever it may be. God has not given us the spirit of fear. And he looks for entry points to come into your mind. So God desires for each of his children to be completely free. I'm almost done. The children of Israel for over 400 years, about 430 years, were in bondage to the Egyptians. And, and this is, God gave me this the other day. It was so impacting in my mind. I had to share it with you. For 430 years, they're in bondage to the Egyptians. Now, that was not what God wanted he didn't want them to be in slavery. That wasn't his will, but they were. And so God raised up Moses and he calls Moses out at 40 years of age. He reveals himself to Moses powerfully. And then he calls Moses back into Egypt. It's amazing. God calls out of bondage and he brings people out of bondage to bring people out of bondage. So he brings Moses back into Egypt and Moses has a message. And this is the message I say to every one of you tonight. The message was from God. The message was this. I want you to look at this. Exodus chapter eight. And I want you to look in verse number one. Let my people go so that they may serve me. You see that word serve? That word serve can actually, you could replace that and say worship. That's what that word means there. Understand this. God had a message for a man. He said, I want you to go back and I want you to stand before Pharaoh and I want you to tell him this, I am that I am sent you. And when you stand before him, I want you to speak what I've spoken to you. And all Moses had to do was just obey God. That's all he had to do. And he walks before Pharaoh and he delivers a message from God. And he says to Pharaoh, let my people go so that they may serve me, that they may worship me. And this is very important because there are several things that I see in this that we can learn from this story. Listen closely. Number one, God's people can live in a form of bondage to the enemy in their mind. What that shows me is that even God's people can have some measure of bondage in their life. 
Before we get super spiritual and say, no, that's not what the word of God says, then you need to say, even as a believer, did I live in fear? Even as a believer, did I live in anxiety? Even as a believer, because honestly, all of us can deal with things. How many of you have ever been offended before? Then you can live even with an offense in your heart. And all of us can live in some sort of bondage that we can create. And God's people, this is a revelation here, God's people can live in voluntary bondage to the enemy. Because Satan has no authority, he has no right over you, it's only the entry points that we allow him to come into. And Israel was in bondage, and here they are, and Moses had a message from God, and it was, let my people go. And what that says to me is this, and this is point number two, not only can God's people live in bondage to the enemy, but number two, look at this, God desires complete and total freedom for his people. God desires complete and total freedom for his people. In other words, we can understand even from the story in Exodus that God does not want you living in captivity. God doesn't want you living in oppression. God doesn't want you living in anxiety. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to live in poverty. You don't have to live in condemnation. You don't have to live in guilt. You don't have to live that way anymore. Why? Because God's saying to Satan today the same thing he said to Moses, let my people go. That's the message that God wants you to have. That's what he wants you to pull in tonight. He wants you to be set free so you can worship him. Why? Because people in bondage, can't you know that people, that didn't even sound right. Don't you know that people in bondage, they can't worship God. Amen? They can't express that worship to God. They don't have that freedom. What did, what, what did the people worship Jesus for? When they were healed of leprosy, he turned around and said, thank you, he worshiped him. When the maniac of Gadara was healed, he said, thank you, Jesus, I'll go wherever you want me to go. When people were healed, the woman, she followed him. Everywhere he went, she wanted to be around him. She worshiped him. Why? Because she was set free. When somebody's been set free, instantaneously, they become a worshiper. They just want to be with Jesus. They just want to be around him. You cannot teach someone to worship God by just raising their hands, singing out loud, dancing all around. Worship comes from gratefulness. It comes from the heart of somebody who has been delivered from captivity and is set free. And they're grateful to God. That's true worshipers. And when Jesus went to the well one day, he looked at this woman and he says, the father is seeking such to worship him. You know what he was saying? He saw the potential worshiper right in front of him. He looked at that woman that day and he said, I see this woman's going to be a worshiper. She's going to worship me so much. She's about ready to bring the whole city. So he went to a woman, a woman who was living in adultery, a woman who was living with a man that she did not even belong to. Listen to this. She had been married five times and Jesus looks at her. He doesn't even see her sin. He says, I see a worshiper. I see a worshiper. Do you know what God sees in you? He sees a worshiper. He sees a worshiper in you. And the Bible says he's seeking. He's looking for worshipers. Who's going to be a worshiper? Those who've been set free. Those who've been set free. Look at this. Let my people go so that they may serve or worship me. Number three, God desires complete and total freedom for his people. Number three, God is more powerful than our pharaohs. How many of you got a pharaoh you're dealing with? And it better not be your husband. You know, a pharaoh represents something that's keeping you in bondage. 
Maybe you're in here tonight and maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're struggling because you get angry. Maybe you're in here tonight and you don't like who you are. God loves who you are. God sees who you will be. You don't see yourself as God sees you. The minute you see yourself as God sees you, you won't even want to sin. That's a revelation. And listen, God, God is more powerful than any Pharaoh you're dealing with. For years, I was in bondage and addicted. I wanted to be set free. How many ever wanted to be set free, but you couldn't? You couldn't shake it off. I mean, you were like Samson trying to shake the ropes and you couldn't break them. You couldn't be set free. That's the way I live my life. So what did that produce in my life? Anger. I was so angry. I kicked indoors. Anybody ever kick? You don't have to raise your hand. I kicked it. I hit the steering. Anything that got in my way. I scared my wife so bad. I scared her. She didn't even know who was coming home that night. Do, do, you, know, do you know what that's like? Maybe you don't. But I know what it's like. I know what it's like to be tormented. I know what it's like to live in fear. I know what it's like to curse. I know what it's like to want to die and not to live. I know what that's like. I know what it's like to hate life. I know what it's like to curse God. I did all those things. You say, what in the world are you standing up here today? It's called grace. One word, it's grace, favor, mercy of God. You don't see what I see, but I know what I see, and I know what I'm going to do in your life. So I could give all credit and all glory to him. I want to say this to you tonight. God is more powerful than your pharaohs. If you're living in fear, if you're living in doubts, and you're living in depression, you're living in discouragement, it doesn't matter what it is tonight. If you're living in, you have a disease, look, I'm going to say this. If you have a crippling disease in your body, something that's tormenting you, the Lord is greater than that Pharaoh. And he says, let my people go so that they may serve me. Do you know what that reminds me of? Lazarus is dead. And Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. And he comes forth, bound hand and foot in the grave clothes. And he said, loose him, let him go. And they take the grave clothes off and he's free and he's alive. The Lord's saying tonight, loose my people and let them go. Let my people go so they may worship me. He looks on Pine Street and he says, that man, that woman, that little boy, there's a worshiper. He, he looks down Washington Street and he finds a worshiper. He looks in your neighborhood and in the public school and he looks all throughout the whole earth and he's looking and identifying potential worshipers. That's what he wants. He wants to, to take them out of that. He wants to resurrect their life so they will worship him. That's what God desires. That's his heart. That's his heart for you. That's his heart for me. That's his heart for Cambridge. And it doesn't matter all the evil that's ever been spoken. I, every word falls to the ground that everyone ever spoke about the city. Because when I see this city, I see worshipers. When I see this city, I see streets being claimed for Christ. And a city being established that's on a hill. And no man can hide what God has done. I see the glory of God covering a city. I don't care what people see with their eyes. I see what God sees and what God wants to do. And by faith, we claim that. We believe that. We need to see that in other people. We need to see the worshiper in other people. We need to not get so angry at people but say, my husband's going to be a worshiper one day. 
We need to say, my child's going to be a worshiper one day. We need to say, that person that I don't like is going to be a worshiper. We need to start believing God. We need to trust God, see people the way he sees them. And listen to this. And we need to understand that God is more powerful than our pharaohs. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And last, God raises up Moseses to lead his people into freedom. I went out to spend some time with the Lord yesterday. I'm closing with this. And I said, God, I need you so much. And I began to walk and walk and walk. And I walked around. And I had found a place I thought I was going to be alone. And then two cars pull up near mine. And and I thought, my goodness, I just wanted to be alone with you, Lord. And so I I got back in the car. I I got to spend a couple hours out there. And and I said, Lord, I I need more. How how many of you feel that? I need more, God. I said, I need more of you. What are you saying to me? And I felt God saying to me very clearly, this is what he said. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And I said, didn't you say that to Joshua? And he did. But God said it. And in my spirit, I said, Lord God, what does that mean? And another car pulled up and I said, I got to move. I, I got out. I didn't want to move. He was speaking to my spirit. You don't want to miss those moments. And I went down a road and I'm not real familiar with um, this back way, but I, I went down a back way um, towards Blackwater. And um, I pulled up at this, I think it's a United Methodist Church. And I pulled up at this United Methodist Church building and there's a graveyard, a cemetery on the other side of it. And I just, I felt like God had just disappeared for a moment. I lost that connection. I didn't understand what had happened. And I just began to think and I walked around that graveyard. I looked at one of the, um, one of the tombstones that said, have faith in God. And I kept walking, I walked back to the car And I felt God speaking in my heart and I began to write down what I read to you tonight about God's people can live in bondage to the enemy. God desires complete and total freedom for his people. God is more powerful than our pharaohs and God raises up Moseses to lead his people into freedom. And God said, I have a spot for you to go to. This is not the spot. Leave. I said, okay, Lord. I turned right not even knowing where I was heading. I went down and I saw a sign for Blackwater. As I made a right towards Blackwater, I saw a little spot and all I could think about is I'd like to get alone by the water and just go down there and just see the the water and enjoy it. And I go down and I see a sign. And the sign, I pull up to it, right next to it. And they believe it was the birthplace of Harriet Tubman. And as I'm standing out there, I, I, I pull right up to it, and then I read the sign. And it says, Harriet Tubman, the Moses of her people. And God said, this is the spot I wanted you to be. And it was right in that spot. I realized what God called me to be. And I realized what God called every one of you to be. 
And I said, God, it's more than the idea of being a pastor. It's more than just overseeing a church. Lord, you've called me to set your people free. And I have a message I need to bring back to people in bondage. And I sat there in the car and I wept and cried. I got out of my car and I said, God, before I ever even came here, you said, as you were with Moses, you're going to be with me. And I said, my God, I give you my life. Everything I have. Everything I have. Perhaps you're listening to today's broadcast and you say, Pastor Abraham, my life is so broken. I don't even want to live anymore. Maybe you have an addiction in your life and you've been trying to be free for years of your life. Dear friend, I want you to know something. This is not a coincidence. This is an appointment with God today. God desires to have a relationship with you. He wants to make you his son or his daughter. If that's the desire of your heart, I want you to pray with me from your heart right now. I want you to say, Heavenly Father, right now, I desire to have a relationship with you. I believe that you love me and that Jesus died for me on the cross. Right now, I accept your gift of righteousness. I know because of the blood of Jesus that I am made righteous and whole in your sight. I thank you, Jesus. From this moment on, I am a child of God. Dear friend, if you prayed that prayer, the Bible says this, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ. That means there's no more condemnation to you because now you are in Christ. You are a child of God. If you would like to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and you prayed that prayer, I want you to contact me on this number right now, 443-480-4083. Call us. We want to help you grow in your new life in Jesus Christ. If you would like to learn more about the ministries at Jesus Church Cambridge or wish to hear more messages like this one, please go to www.jesuschurchcambridge.com.